Welcome to the Love Reimagined Podcast. If you're tired of hearing about a God who is supposedly represented perfectly through Jesus, but is less kind than you, your grandma, and even Hitler, this podcast is for you. We welcome you to join Joe Chadburn, that's me, and friends as we reimagine Father through the perfect lens of Christ. Now, we occasionally tip a few sacred cows, but be assured that no members of the bovine species were harmed during the recording of this episode you are about to enjoy. Hi, everyone. It's Joe Chadburn. I'm here to answer some questions that... uh, people asked on our last video on Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 so this is this is pretty cool here I'm, I had some really good questions uh, and I will give my very best uh, yeah shot at answering these yeah, looking forward to this so the first question was I have often wondered why a Jewish family would name their child Saul. To me it would be like naming my daughter Delilah or Jezebel. Well, you know, I, I'd really like to, first of all, hear from some of my Jewish friends uh, on this one. I'd really love to, to hear your take on this. And I do have a lot of Jewish friends, uh, just wonderful people. Um, first of all, now, many Christians name their sons Paul, but I can understand, uh, definitely understand why Jewish people don't, because <laughs> Paul is a, w- would be a heretic, okay? Paul would be... Uh, you know, blaspheming. Paul would, uh, yeah, be someone that you wouldn't want to listen to if you did not believe that Jesus Christ was Israel's Messiah, okay? If you did not believe in his virgin birth, his life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, all of his teachings, and uh, everything that Paul said about the in Christ realm and about uh, the new Jerusalem, the new Israel, the new priesthood, the new temple, um, all of that. So that is, that's extremely understandable. Um, having said that, uh, Saul isn't a bad name. I mean, we look at what happened with King Saul, and there was a lot of messed up stuff there. Um, but it, his name really means asked of Yah. So, you know, a- asked of God and uh, desired, sought out. And uh, all of those things are honorable, especially when we look at it through a Jewish lens that longs for purpose, excellence, uh, worldwide redemption, and to be a light uh, to the nations, to the Gentiles, to be uh, you know the blessing uh, to the world. And um, so, and of course, we believe that that happened through Jesus, the consummate fulfillment uh, of Israel. What Israel couldn't do, what Israel failed to do, and that's not a knock on the Jews. Uh, none of us could have. Um, you know, God did it through His Son. So we're just we're just so uh, happy about that, and we rejoice in that. But I can understand, uh, you know, why a Jewish person would name uh, their child Saul. I think that's I think that's powerful. Uh, I honor Jewish people for deeply appreciating their ancestors, even with the good, the bad, the ugly, all the all the stories that are there. And we all, all of us, we go back to, you know, everyone goes back to their ancestors. You're going to find some skeletons in the closet. And I believe you're going to trace us all back to each other if you go far back enough and then back to God and then back to uh, his original intention of accepting and loving and including us from before the foundation of the world as his children. So that's a 
that's something that that really really blesses me and uh, and so i look at it you know through that light and um of course the jewish people appreciate their ancestors uh, saul included um and uh, and that's simply people or it may not be their uh, ancestors could simply be people throughout their faith history as there's quite often not a direct blood connection uh with all people who uh you know uh, adhere to judaism um even you look uh, in Egypt, look uh, at the Exodus. When they came out, they came out as a mixed multitude. You could join yourself uh, to the people um, <laughs> and follow Moses. People were always welcome. So there were converts, people that came, Egyptians. You look at uh, even Rahab, the Canaanite, um, the, the prostitute. I mean, what a beautiful thing. She's in, in the lineage of Jesus. <laughs> Rahab, the prostitute. Yes. Um, so this is not a, a bloodline necessarily. Uh, Ruth, okay. The Moabitess, uh, really powerful. Look at all of Solomon's wives, okay. And uh, so, yeah, one can be Jewish and practice rabbinical Judaism without being uh, necessarily Semitic, okay. Um and you know, acknowledge the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, of their history, um, just as the rest of us do. So, so yeah. And uh, of course, you, you look at when I said you know someone can be you know a practicing you know practice rabbinical Judaism and uh, you know be Jewish without being Semitic, and that's uh, I mean that's that's true. Um, a Semite is simply a descendant of Shem, uh, whose ancestors spoke a Semitic language, including Hebrew and, and Arabic and Aramaic and certain ancient languages such as Phoenician and uh, Akkadian. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really something to think about there. Uh, it, the word Hebrew means one from beyond. And uh, I think that's all human beings. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all beyond what we see with the, with the naked eye, what our five senses see. Uh, there's something so much deeper. We're God's image bearers. And we're deeper than we know, and we're deeper than uh, you know than other people know. Um, that's why Paul, to get back to Paul, he said not to judge anybody according to the flesh, because we don't know Jesus according to the flesh anymore, but by the Spirit. And he says, no, no man after the flesh. So there's this thing where when we see people through the eyes of God, we see value, we see worth, we see beauty. And uh, so for people to long... Um, you know, to be asked of God, sought out, desired, that's honorable. The name Saul is honorable. Um, kind of reminds me of something. I just came from the pool not long ago, and uh, this little boy reminded me uh, of all of us, of every person I've ever met, I think, uh, and I believe are just our, our deepest longings. And um, the little boy was doing tricks in the pool, and his parents were there, and I kept hearing him say, Daddy, watch me. Daddy, watch this. Daddy, watch this. And he kept repeating it over and over. And I think there's something innately within us, you know, that God placed within us um, that we want to interact with him. We want him to, you know, <laughs> we, he already sees us, but there's something about us just calling on him. And uh, and so that's, the, and again, that's something I believe that is just all across the human family. Um, and so for people to, to be saying, hey, daddy, you know, um, you know, recognize me, see what I'm doing. You know, uh, people want to know that they're valued, they're loved, they're accepted, uh, they're included. And, uh, and that's the that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the of the Jesus that uh, that we bring to this world, the light that we bring. And um, so. So, yeah. So for people to, uh, you know, to use the name Saul, uh, I, I see no 
problem with that. And that would be, I think, the best uh, answer that I've got for that one. So I hope that helped. Anyone who has uh, any other input, especially uh, my Jewish brothers and sisters, I would be really uh, uh, honored if you would share your insights uh, into that. That'd be wonderful. Um, Another question here. So often the words Jesus and Christ are used interchangeably by folks. Could you bring clarity? Okay. Um, Jesus' name means Jehovah is salvation. Okay. Uh, Messiah means the anointed one. Okay. <laughs> I am Jehovah, the consummate fulfillment of Israel, Israel's king, Abraham's seed, and hope of the nations. Jesus was a common name. Uh, Messiah is exclusive yet inclusive because we're in him, but we are not him, okay? We're anointed uh, in and because of him, but we are not the anointed one, okay? We're partakers of divine nature, but we're not deity. So yeah, uh, his first name honored uh, <laughs> uh, the, the truth that Jehovah is salvation. And a lot of people were named Jesus in the first century. And we still have a lot of people named Jesus and Jesus. And, uh, and so it's a common name in a, in a lot of places. So it's a beautiful name, but, but there's only one Messiah, okay? And uh, that's what Christ means. He is the anointed one. He is uh, Israel's king, king of the nations. And uh, so we're so, uh, yeah, we're so thankful and appreciative for that. And I hope that helps there, okay? Next question. Why do some folks wake up and others do not, okay? Well, first of all, um, let's just be real about this. Many have uh, the advantage of having Christian parents or immediate access to the gospel, but a lot of the world doesn't, okay? Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who are, who are unreached. Think about, uh, you know, children right now in North Korea who've been taught basically that, you know, Kim Jong-un is God. Um, there's a lot of, lot of stuff out there, okay? There's a lot of, uh, lot of places, a lot of islands. About, uh, I believe the Philippines has over 7,000 islands, and only about half of them have been reached within the, uh, yeah, the last 2,000 plus years with the gospel people hearing about Jesus. So a lot of that, uh, you know, can be accessed. So, you know, really we, we need to be, uh, be thankful, uh, you know, it's access issues. Um, you know, many, uh, whiter folks wake up and others do not. Many have been traumatized by the church. Let's just be real about it. Okay. Um, when the church hasn't represented Jesus and that's happened, uh, Many times during the Crusades, um, during, uh, you know, while we're the shock and awe in Iraq uh, and, you know, various things that people do in the, that I think they're doing in the name of Christ. OK, persecution and apartheid against Palestinians um, and, and so on and so forth. There's just tons of, uh, you know, examples of where the church has blown it. And this is this goes along with uh uh, let's be real, you know, uh, child molestation within the church, um, uh, the killing of First Nations people and children and them being buried. We just saw that uh, recently uh, in Canada. Those stories have, have come about. So uh, trauma. Yeah. Um, and people not being heard, you know, when they've been traumatized. I mean, Sinead O'Connor comes uh, comes to mind there. And uh, so, so, yeah, a lot of times people are not going to see because they've, uh, yeah, because the church has played, put up such a, uh, a rock of offense and a stumbling block before people. Um, and, and let's say there are many other reasons. And, uh, but yeah, happens. 
and it's it's very unfortunate. We need to we need to pray for sure. And uh, okay, um, you know why do we catch on to certain truths while it's taken us serious time to discover others? Okay, a lot of times we have these strongholds. We have the you know these fixed mindsets, and uh, you know we have the sectarian inbreeding within the church, or you know not accessing beliefs from from other camps, and you know fear. Um, and also the, the fact anybody with a, a you know position, prestige, and a paycheck uh, that relies on believing one thing uh, is a lot of times has a very difficult time believing another. So let's say those are just some reasons, you know, um, why why some people uh, awaken uh, to uh, what Jesus has already done for them and the in Christ realm, and that they've been included, and uh, and others don't. Okay. Uh, some have never heard. They're stumbling blocks again. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, the, the better question would be, uh, why do some wake up sooner than later? Okay. Um, it's going to get into this a little bit. This is a whole other topic uh, that I do cover in some other videos. If you're interested, I can get you access to those. But um, Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, okay? And that word confess means to gladly confess. It's not at gunpoint, okay? And it says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall gladly confess. That gives me a lot of hope, okay? I look at 1 Peter 3, 18 through 20, okay? Uh, for Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which were, which sometime were not ignorant, okay, but disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Okay, so the the rebellious people in Noah's generation, um, even Israel, who wandered in the desert, do you believe that all these people are suffering eternal conscious torment? Uh, we have evidence here that Jesus uh, went and preached to them. Uh, Ephesians 4.8 says he led captivity captive, okay? He revealed himself to them. And so this is uh, post-mortem. This is after they died. So that's something to think about. Um, Revelation 21, 22 through 27, uh, you'll find in there that, uh, that the New Jerusalem gates shall never be shut. Uh, the nations... Uh, you know, bring their light into it. The kings bring their glory and honor into it, and uh, and it's and and it's always open. The gates are always open. So those are some things to think about. Also, I can't um, just look at the words that are just interpreted hell in uh, in the uh, in the English Bible and uh, and believe that uh, you know the the Greek and Hebrew words, you know, Sheol, Hades, Tartarus, and Gehenna. Uh, stand for eternal conscious torment, okay? Um, we're basically talking about here the grave, the underworld, okay? Um, the place where, where spirits resided, um, you know, prior uh, to Jesus descending and leading captivity captive. And then we have Gehenna that Jesus talks about, and you see that especially um, in the Olivet Discourse, find that in, uh, in Matthew 24, 25 and, and such. And um and across the uh, the synoptic gospels there, um, and Gehenna was an actual place where, uh, yeah, of of fire, a perpetual fire 
where they were actually, those who did not flee Jerusalem in AD 70, uh, their bodies were burned. And this was a dump. This is a place where bodies were thrown in. This is also a place, as believed, where um, prior to that, where uh, children were sacrificed to Moloch. So the, the, these are things to think about. So now you can actually go visit hell. You can visit Gehenna and it's, uh, yeah, and it's a valley and there's, yeah, and it's, and, and everything's pretty much okay there. So, so really we have to uh, understand first century language, original audience relevance, uh, culture, history, linguistics, those type of things uh, to really catch it. Um, so, yeah, so I hold out, you know, hope for people to, uh, to, you know, <laughs> wake up, uh, even if it's, if it's, if it's later instead of sooner, um, I say, I believe that God is love and, uh, and that's what I look to. That's, uh, that is a part of the great hope, uh, that I have. So there you go. I don't, I, I don't believe that uh, just because someone hasn't prayed a certain prayer or heard the name uh, of Jesus that they're going to, you know, suffer eternal conscious torment, um, and that God has, you know, predestined that for most people in the world. And just because someone had a, you know, a bad roll of the dice and you know, and dies at sixteen and you know believed that Kim Jong Un was God and didn't know any better, um, you know, I. I don't see. I just can't reconcile that with with Jesus and that person having to uh, to suffer eternal conscious torment. You can disagree with me if you'd like. It'll all uh, <laughs> pan out uh, eventually. But that's I say that's uh, that's what I believe, and that is contrary to what uh, to what many believe, but uh, in accordance with uh, you know uh, what many of the church fathers believed, and uh, and many you know denominations have always believed. So that you know it's. Uh, Really, this whole um, you know Dante's version of eternal conscious torment type thing is uh, really a Western phenomenon. They really never believe that uh, in the Eastern Church. So, just something to think about, and I can give you some references if you're interested um, to study there because it is a very interesting study. And so, so praise God. We just you know we believe that uh, yeah that God is a is a loving Creator. Okay, so. Next question: Is God done with natural Israel? Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this first of all: God isn't done with anyone. God loves everybody. Okay. Um, nevertheless, Old Covenant Israel was simply a vehicle and never the destination. Jesus and Jesus alone is the consummate fulfillment of Israel. He's Israel's Messiah. He's not a failed Messiah. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and and. So he is the consummate fulfillment of Israel, not a Western geopolitical construct that has to break the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes daily for 73-plus years in order for God's will to be done. I've done many videos on this. I've done some with Colin McIntyre, who is very scholarly. We, uh, you can find those at lovereimagined.org, and we break that down. I talk about uh, temple theology in a couple of videos, have podcasts on that. Um, Second Temple Theology, and we, we talk uh, just a lot uh, about all of those things, okay? But yeah, uh, Jesus is Abraham's seed, and we're one in him, okay? And uh, to believe that a natural Israel uh, was ever needed is to declare, uh, you know, a new natural Israel was ever needed is to declare that Jesus is a failed Messiah, all right? Look at the book of Hebrews. I mean, yeah, you've got a new Jerusalem. You've got, we've come to Mount Zion. Jesus told us we weren't, you know, the place he told the woman in John 4, yeah, the place where people are going to worship the Father, those, those that he seeks to worship him 
aren't going to be in this mountain or in natural Jerusalem. Those who worship worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and in truth. This is a, yeah, this is a spiritual thing, not a geographical thing. This is something that I'm doing all over the world, okay? So he's the, Jesus is the consummate fulfillment of, of Israel. There's a new Jerusalem, Galatians 4 says, who is the mother of us all, this Zion, Mount Zion that we've already come to, Hebrews 12 says, okay? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? So the heaven, earth, and sea were done away and, and uh, done away with, and there's a new heaven and a new earth, meaning that there's a new temple. Every first century Jew understand, understood heaven, earth, and sea to stand for the temple, okay? And, and Jerusalem proper extended there. And um, heaven was simply what they understood as the holy of holies, okay? Um, and then earth was the holy place, and the sea is where the laver was, okay, in the outer court. So, so heaven and earth, sea passing away, okay? Uh, yeah, that happened. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 18, um, you know, until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle shall pass from the law. So if heaven and earth haven't already passed away, we need to be, uh, you know, um, stoning adulterous women, um, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You have all these, all these crazy options if you want them, we still need blood sacrifices and all of those things, okay? But Jesus took care of that. Uh, the priesthood has been fulfilled. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praise of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is something that God desires to be universal. It's not uh, Levitical. Matter of fact, you couldn't reconstruct the Levitical priesthood because all the genealogical records were destroyed in AD 70. They were burned. So you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't even be able to do that if you wanted to, okay? Um, and sacrifices, any sacrifices are an abomination. Blood sacrifices, animal sacrifices would be an abomination to God, okay? And really spitting on the cross and the finished work of Christ. And Hebrews tells us, you know, don't go back to those things. Don't reconstruct those things. And so why dispensationalists and uh, Christian Zionists want to do that uh, is, is beyond me, okay? And dispensationalism and, and Christian Zionism is pretty much uh, invented in the 1800s and is a relatively new doctrine uh, that isn't believed in much of the world or in many Christian circles. So there's that. Um, the belief that God abandoned Jews for 2,000 plus years and wants to gather as many as possible to the Middle East in order to destroy two-thirds of them and damn most of them to eternal conscious torment is something that I can't get on board with theologically, morally, and intellectually, okay? Um, so, so, yeah, God is through with, uh, you know, with, with uh, the whole geography thing. It's a, it's a spirit thing, all right? So, and you can go, again, you can go to lovereimagine.org, and there's way more videos, tons of videos, on this topic that really break it down. We break down Matthew 24, especially verse by verse. We get into the book of Revelation as well, and you'll, you'll glean a lot uh, from that, I believe, okay? Um, the Lord's added to the things that, uh, that I know and, and that I've learned and studied even since we made that, uh, that series. So, of course, there's more. There's always more, and we're learning more, okay? So I've got the next question here. Okay, what does love look like in a poverty-stricken, drug-ridden area? Okay, um, 
I'm going to say, and I'm not being a wise guy here, but it's kind of how love looks everywhere else. Um, God is love. Uh, it's people relying on Mr. Love within and just letting Mr. Love love through them. Having said that, okay, um, I have limited experience uh, in the inner cities. I ministered, uh, it was many years ago, but in Southeast uh, Washington, D.C. Um, and, you know, we just, I just flowed. I mean, I was like, you know, one of the only white people uh, for miles. And uh, it didn't matter. I was there with a friend of mine, an African-American friend, beautiful guy. I mean, just just, just such a good friend. His name is James Green. Um He's gone on. Uh, he has, uh, yeah, he is, he's in the invisible realm right now, um, but still very much alive, uh, very much here in the cloud of witnesses. And uh, so, but that 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 brother, uh, yeah, he just welcomed me, and uh, and we went. Uh, it was in between semesters at uh, at Bible college, as a matter of fact. Um, and you know, we went and ministered to these kids, and uh, it was it was wonderful, you know. And it's really just pouring out love and being where people are, and just letting you know. For, for a lot of people, just need to let perfect love cast out all fear, you know, of, uh, of being in a certain area of of whatever of of something that's that's different um, that you're not used to. Um, you know, my wife and I, you know, recently and. Um, we just we've been to Chicago, you know, uh, before this a couple times, and just notice all the homeless people there, you know. And uh, we we he just laid it on our hearts, you know. Let, let's do something about this, and uh, so we um we just in our in our spirit just sense we need to do something financially as well as just really ministering these people, taking time to look in their eyes and care for them, and and so we brought. I'm not going to tell you um, the the amount, but we had a, a pretty good stack of twenties. And um, we went and ministered, uh, you know, to homeless people, loving on them. And we had some real, I mean, just precious God encounters. And, you know, through the whole thing, of course, we couldn't. There's so many homeless people. We can go to every one of them. But we felt like, the, you know, the Lord knows who's you'll con who you'll connect with. And he knows every person on every street and every person in every room. And so, you know, there's really no pressure. It's just when you feel, you know, led, when you when you just, you know, intuitively just feel like something's clicking that you, and of course I can't, I can't just fully explain that. Uh, but when it bears witness in your spirit and we are spirit beings, um, you know, we just step out on that and, and be bold. And, uh, we just had some, some wonderful experiences. And the last one that day was on a train. There was a mom and, uh, she had a, a bunch of kids and I could tell, you know, one of them had, um, some special needs and, uh, and the others were, I mean, they're just, you know, she had, there were, there was quite a few. And, um, and, but she was just being so patient and kind with them. And you could tell they knew how much, you know, she loved them and it really touched me. And so I just went to, I, I said, ma'am, you know, cause she came by me when she was on her way to, uh, some of her kids that were seated in a, in a different area. And I said, uh, I said, ma'am, I said, I want to tell you this. I said, you're, you're such a good mom. I mean, I see the love of Jesus in you, the way that you love your children, you know? And I, I just discreetly, you know, just slipped her some money. And that lady just started crying. She said, can I hug you, you know? And then, you know, my wife was there. My wife and I just started, uh, yeah, just loving her and, uh, and, and talking to her and encouraging her. And uh, the woman was in tears, you know? And uh, so we're, and just really, really, uh, she said, you don't know how much I needed this. And uh, it wasn't just the money. It was it was for someone to love her, someone to uh, assure her of her value, you know, and uh, as she was, she's an African-American woman. And uh, 
and and so that's that's wonderful you know there's been a lot of you know different racial tensions and things that have that have gone on but uh the biggest thing you know is to get in the love trenches and show people personify love you know and that breaks down so many things uh and and uh, yeah, I think I think love uh, love never fails. Love love always uh, conquers in its in its own cool way. Uh, and it's just letting Mister Love love through us. Not really trying, you know, not trying to make anything happen at all. And just knowing that God is always present in us. We're always in Him, and we can relax in that and just kind of uh, and just learn to go with the flow wherever we are. Um, and I don't have the most experience uh, in poverty-stricken, uh, you know, drug-ridden areas like the question asked. But um, I'll tell you, someone who who has that I, I deeply admire is uh, Shane Claiborne. And so, if you ever get to read or or see any videos, you know, from Shane, he's one who's uh, I mean, takes takes very seriously ministering to certain piece, places and bringing, uh, you know, transformation. Uh, he's had a ministry in Philadelphia where he moved into the inner city. And, you know, just took up residence, he and his wife, with the people, and uh, they know they're loved. And he's there ministering to them and loving them and affirming them and caring for them. Um, and he, he lives right there, you know, and he doesn't live a lavish lifestyle, anything like that. But you can, yeah, check check Shane Claiborne out. And that will, you know, none of us are Shane Claiborne. He's, he's who he is. Uh, and we don't try and, you know... Um, replicate somebody else. Uh, you know, we're originals. We don't have to try to, uh, you know, be copies. God doesn't work like that. But at the same time, we can glean from people's wisdom and experience and uh, find common things. And, you know, something uh, about his ministry may click with you with different things that you can can do. If you're in an area like that, or you want to, you know, visit areas, uh, you just feel that impressed upon your heart, you could do that. So, all right. One more question. Well, that's a two-part question. Okay. First one, how do we practically bring heaven to earth and should we even be concerned about it as all already are already accepted in the beloved but are not awakened to it? Okay. Um first 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 part of the question, let's let's tackle that. How do we practically bring heaven to earth, okay? Heaven is the realm of the spirit, okay? We have authority. That's what it means to be seated in heavenly places in Christ. We have authority in the realm of the spirit because of him. Okay, because we are in him, because of him, because of his finished work, not because of anything that we did. We ju we're just awakened to that, and we we walk in that, we grow in that. Um, so I'd say, how did Jesus bring heaven to earth? He he said, I don't do anything except I see my Father do it. I don't say anything except I hear him say it. And I believe this is the, just an inner working in his spirit, man. This wasn't you know just something where. The father always talked audibly to Jesus. It was it was through the uh, the instrumentality of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and so Jesus Jesus uh, you know walked in that, uh, and we can walk in that. And he grew in wisdom and stature and and favor with with God and man. So he laid down the privileges of deity and uh, walked this thing out just like we would have to, uh, you know, <laughs> through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so bringing heaven to earth is simply bringing from the, you know, bringing Jesus, his love, you know, from the realm of love, from the invisible realm to the uh, visible realm. And that can look like uh, my wife and I on, uh, on the train leaving Chicago with that woman and, and her children. 
it, it, it takes on all kind of forms. You know, it's just, just love. That's, that's it. It's, it's practical rest in it. Just rest in his, in his love and don't try to, you know, I mean, you're not single-handedly, I don't think, going to just change the world, okay? But you will do things in within your spheres of influence, okay? The people around you and, even, you know, your own family many times and uh, sometimes not because uh, they're the last to listen. <laughs> At times that happens with a lot of people, okay? Uh, familiarity can breed contempt. It did with Jesus, you know? Um so yeah, but you you don't worry about that. You just you just rest, and that's how we bring heaven to earth. It's through you know praying without ceasing, and that doesn't mean we're always talking. It just means that we always have our you know we're just always open, resting in His love, and uh, just practicing His presence, um, not uh, waiting Him for sh to show up, but all acknowledging that He's always there. Okay, and just uh, yeah, just kind of resting, pausing, and. Uh, a lot of us have different ways of, you know, to get in tune if we need to, you know, um, you know, through through prayer, through meditation, through, uh, you know, different uh, forms of music or, or whatever. Some people like to be out in nature just to, you know, that can't you're not always having, quote, quiet or devotion times. We need to to walk in the spirit. We live in the spirit, Paul says. So we should also walk in the spirit and we can walk in the spirit. But. A lot of times setting, you know, certain times aside is, you know, it, it's an important, it's a great, uh, it's a great practice. Um, we, you know, when we just shut everything else off and just spend time with the one we love the most and who loves us the most. And, uh, and then we, you know, and, and we carry that in our everyday life. Um, I think if you ever read about Brother Lawrence, um, it's uh, just beautiful things how he, you know, would be washing dishes in, in the monastery. And uh, he would always, regardless of what he was doing, he would always, he'd just have the joy of the Lord and uh, be practicing the presence of God. So yeah, the, uh, practicing the presence of God uh, by Brother Lawrence, you go ahead and uh, yeah, if you haven't read that book, it's really, it's really cool um, and very powerful. And it's, it's, uh, it, it was an inspiration, you know, to me. And when I look at, at the life of Jesus, he's always, I mean, they didn't have to, you know, play you know, four fast songs and four flow songs uh, for Jesus to, to, you know, to feel the Father or the Holy Spirit and to, uh, you know, work miracles or to teach or to do any of that stuff. Jesus was just, you know, he just, he just, he just walked in it. Um, and so, and he is our, he is our example, our ultimate example. And he brought uh, heaven to earth and that's through these, uh, these earthly bodies. Okay. So yeah, it's simply by stepping out in love and uh, just letting love flow through you organically. Okay. Second part of that question, and should we even be concerned, uh, you know, about bringing heaven to earth? Um, if, uh, if all are already accepted in the beloved, but are not awakened to it. Okay. Well, I, I would have to ask this question. Okay. If your child, uh, were in a coma, or one of your parents was suffering from dementia, would you still love, accept, include, and cherish them? Okay. And if you could awaken them, would you? And why? Okay. <laughs> um, it's because you love them, because you care for them, and you want them to experience love uh, immediately and, 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 and often and as much as possible. So, so yeah, that's like people say, well, for, for people who don't believe it, you know, in eternal conscious torment, uh, what's, the, what's the point in uh, knowing and loving Jesus? Um, wow, 
you know what? I, I love uh, my wife and children, and they've never threatened me with eternal conscious torment. And I would love them if I, <laughs> if I didn't believe in anything uh, in the afterlife, okay? If I believed that this was it, okay? Um, I would love them, okay? It's worth it. The relationship's worth it. Uh, Jesus is worth it. Jesus is, is wonderful. Jesus is love. He cares for us. So, so yeah, <laughs> these are the exact, you know, same reasons why, you know, why we want people to know Jesus. He, he is awesome. He's wonderful. Um, yeah. And, and if someone hasn't been awakened, if they're in a coma or have dementia, uh, you know, in a certain area and they, 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 you know, even if it's just a certain area where they need to be awakened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we love, accept, include and cherish you. Uh, even if you never came, if you didn't come out of that, you know, uh, in this life, but, uh, but yeah, we want you awakened because we want you to have life and have it more abundantly. So I hope that helps. That's it in a nutshell. I know that, uh, my uh, answers to questions are only going to bring up more questions, and that's okay. And uh, I'm also open to doing live Q&As and even group discussions. And the small group that I have uh, on Facebook, um, the Love Reimagine group, you, you, we, can, we get together and we can even do it private. We don't have to record anything if you have questions, and we can, uh, we can get together in video chat. We could do that. So, yeah, I'm open to you. Love you. Appreciate you. And for everything, everybody who's uh, watching or listening, we are going to put this uh, on the podcast. Uh, God bless you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Hope you gleaned something from it. And whether you agree with me or disagree with me, um, uh, that's is where I am in my walk. It's where I am uh, after you know, formal theological training and over 30 years of, of intensive study. And I've far from arrived, okay? Uh, I'm still growing in Christ. So whether you agree with me or not, uh, I love you and God loves you and, and uh, hope you have a great day, a great week, and we will talk again soon. God bless. Thanks so much for being with us today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share with your family, friends, and those who have yet to discover their awesomeness and yours. You can also check us out at lovereimagine.org. Again, no cows were harmed during the recording of this episode. <laughs>